0: Lower Your Volume contains sometimes graphic and often explicit content. That being said, some episodes are not for everybody, so listener discretion is advised. And as always, spoilers ahead.
1: And I'm Madison Fry. And this is Lower Your Volume. We are a literary podcast where we chat about books. And
0: talk way too loudly.
1: And today we have a very special guest (laughs) on the show. Um, This is our first author that we've ever had. Um, So so we'd love to welcome (laughs) we'd love to welcome Siobhan Davis. Um, Welcome to the show, Siobhan. Welcome.
2: I'm delighted to be here. I'm very honored to be your first author. Yeah.
0: We're
1: like so giddy. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I um, truly can't even believe it's happening.
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, so Siobhan is a USA Today best-selling author. Um, she's had over like 50 books of hers published. That's incredible. Um, some of her best-selling series include The Kennedy Boys, The Rideville Elite, and The Savin series. Um, she writes for both young adult and new adult romantic fiction, and I've read so many of them. Um, she's also (laughs) written fantasies, science fiction, and paranormal genres, and we are thrilled to have you on today. Um, we have some questions for you, but realistically, if you've listened to like our last episode, um, you'll know that we had like a TikTok blow up and Siobhan's book was in it because I read the Sainthood series, which is incredible. (laughs) And we were like, would you like to come on? And she said yes. So that's where she is now. Yes. (laughs)
0: So I don't know if there's anything else that you want to add to that little bio that Nicole just yeah. like gave there. Rattle. You off. Want to tell us it all about
2: <laughs> yeah. yourself. No, um, I mean that's that's pretty much perfect. Um <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I suppose for your readers is to say that, you know, I'm an Irish author. Nice. Um I'm a mom of two um boys. My eldest is gonna be twenty one in November oh. and my youngest son is fifteen. Um And before I gave up my career to write full-time, I was head of human resources for um a well-known Irish i. t. company yeah, and awesome. uh, when yeah, when I reached forty, I felt very unfulfilled with where things were going in my life and got an opportunity to leave that job and decided to just start writing, which is something I'd always wanted to do. And then here I am seven years later and um it's the best decision that I ever made.
1: Oh, I, I love, love hearing that. that. I've wanted yeah. to be a writer since I was like in middle school. So mm-hmm. I just love hearing that you got to do that opportunity. That's like Yeah, a-
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah, I definitely love hearing about people who find that like thing that they love a little later like you know it always gives me a little bit of hope for myself with like everything that I've always wanted to achieve that like I can do it it's okay it, you don't have to be some like um Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen like successful from the time you're five you know sort of thing so it's super cool oh yeah
2: absolutely I mean I I get a lot of readers who reach out to me when they hear that story it's something I share in my newsletter And, you know, a lot of readers have different passions that they wanted to pursue and haven't done it and say that, well, my story inspires them to go for it. I mean, really, you have nothing to lose. You know, if you're in a position in your life financially where you're able to kind of do it or, you know, a lot of authors start off writing around a full time job. I was never able to make that work for me, (laughs) but I know a lot of writers who have done that and you know they get to a stage then where the writing has become successful enough that they're able to give up their day-to-day job and isn't that just wonderful it's just the coolest thing that is
1: where I am at right now I'm a full-time trying to do my best (laughs) finding time to write it is very difficult so I'm Mm -hmm. so happy that you got to have the opportunity to like take a step back and be able to focus on that I would love for that opportunity yeah. to fall into my lap one day so I will I mean hope for the I, best I feel
0: like writing is the coolest job you basically just like create like you create yeah. worlds for a living
2: absolutely it is you know it's the greatest form of escapism and basically I get paid to do it so it's yeah. wonderful
1: yeah, it's and you have best. some really really cool worlds that you have built like in your stories. And I know like a few the both of the series that I have read which are the Sainthood series and the Rideville series um, are set in the US, correct?
2: Yes, uh, most of my books are actually set in the US. Um, so I have what? Um, You know, my All of Me duet that released recently, that was actually part of that was set in Ireland, which was great fun for me to actually be able to showcase some of my homeland. But um, I made a conscious decision when I started writing that I was going to write in American English and I was going to set most of my worlds there because it's the biggest market as an indie author. And for me, that made the most sense. Um, I visited the States as well and um, I love it. And, <laughs> Do you have a favorite um, I, place? Th- <laughs> um, yeah, I spent three months in Boston oh, when okay. I was 20 during summer break from university. And um, so that's why, you know, *Kendy Boyce is set in Massachusetts, so is Rideville Elite, because I'm comfortable and familiar with the area. Yeah. I've also yeah. visited New York, and my Condemned to Love is set in New York, and between mm-hmm. Chicago. And so I like being able to incorporate some of the places I've visited, but also I've written about places I haven't visited. And, you know, I just do a lot of research. And um, my critique partner is American. She helps me with the research. And oh, I have American readers on my beta readers team and my proof team so they're always catching me you know i have little irishisms in my books they're like yeah that's not really american um which is great because i didn't have this whole process behind me when i was starting out so it's probably a lot more european type phrases and wording in some of my earlier books but i have a real robust system and my editor is american as well so it you know and i i'm now so comfortable writing and speaking in american english that you know my family slag me because i come out with what they call americanism because i'm just speaking <laughs> like
1: that. That's so crazy. yeah i wouldn't like definitely i felt like a lot of the stories that i've read that were, were all very american based like all of the slang was there and everything like that so props to everybody that helps you and like you're getting it going because it's it's there's no Barrier for me, like I did not sit there and go, "Oh, I don't know what that means." So I think that mm-hmm. you've got a really great team behind you, helping you with that. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, I do, and that's great to hear now because you know I'm, I'm pretty much a perfectionist and a control freak, <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, I hate if I spot an error in a book after it's published, especially when it's gone through so much editing and self-editing and professional editing. So I really do put a lot of effort into the kind of minor details of things, as well as, you know, trying to make sure at the end of a book or a series that I've tied up all those little ends that, you know, there's not any major questions left. I mean, first and foremost, I'm a big reader myself, Um, so I read three, four books a week, and... um, Um, You know, um, I love reading um, and I do it not just because I want to keep abreast of the market and to understand what readers are enjoying, but also just because I have my favourite authors and I love reading them. But it's very interesting when I do that because I might spot little things and go, "Mm, I wanted to know what happened there and why didn't it happen there. And I try to kind of ensure in my books that I'm answering most of the questions that my readers might have. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome
1: that's something that Madison and I talk about a lot on the show like we we always wonder like certain things like just like editing processes and like just various things that would be like from our standpoint because we do write sometimes it's like where, where are they going, here, or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I am, like, I am so bad about trying to guess where things are going. I say so bad. I'm pretty good at it. You're the one who like, guesses
1: every time. <laughs> I'm the one who gets surprised by the plot twist every single time.
0: But I just, I, I honestly, I think it's, like, it's, it's I'm, I really like true crime, and I think to me it's, like, a mystery. Like, I gotta figure it out. I gotta use all the clues. I'm, like, a detective trying to figure out where the plot is going. Like, it is one of my favorite things. But, For your editing process, you did say that you have beta readers. How did you find them?
2: So um, all my beta readers are readers who've been reading my books for years. And they were originally on my um, ARC or review team. And when I got to a stage, um, because my editing process has evolved a lot over the years um, until I kind of got something that really works for me. And when I got to the stage where I wanted to hire some beta readers, I actually just went on Goodreads and read a ton of reviews of my books to get a feel for readers who might be quite analytical, because that's very important when you're a beta reader. You want someone to be really delving into the plot, to look at the big picture, to see you know, what things don't make sense, to question things. So... um identified a number of ladies and i um, very fortunate most of the team have been working with me from the start a few members have kind of moved in and out you know various different for various different reasons but um, I have a small team now of seven beta readers and um, two of them are people that work with me my business manager and my personal assistant both beta read as well and then the other five ladies are our are, are readers and they're wonderful and Um, although I'm working very closely now with a critique partner which is a new process for me over the last year and a half and she's so amazing by the time the book gets to the beta readers there's only a few minor things that they tend to find but everybody finds something different which is great you know everybody contributes and um, helps me make the books even better.
1: Does your critique partner start with you from like the beginning of like the idea completely through the first draft and such or does she like come in like after like the first few chapters or where do you guys kind of start because like we've heard of a couple critique partners where they're like yep I'm there from the, the beginning of it all the way through the end.
2: Yeah, so my critique partner is there from the very start, so Jennifer is also my research partner, so a couple of months before I'm due to start a project, I'll send her a list of topics to research for me, so um, I, she loves my books, and I don't want to spoil a story for her, so I, she gets a high level view of what the story is, and she's obviously doing some research. Sometimes I do research myself, because I know if I ask her to do it, it might spoil something for her, so, <laughs> so but she's a pretty good idea and then literally i write three chapters a day and send them to her and this is where the time difference actually works really well for me so i'm writing during the day while she's kind of sleeping and i send her chapters that evening so then she reads them and the next morning when i'm logging on i have her feedback and i i go through that feedback and i make changes and then i do my own edits on it and then write another three chapters and send that over to her and that's wow. the way the process goes. So by the time I get to the end of my first draft, it's in pretty good shape. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So, so on,
1: on average, how many drafts do you guys end up having of like each book? And maybe it's, you know, different, but like, what's your average, do you, what do you think?
2: It'll be probably three to four now. Um, I mean, when I started off, God, I might have had 20 drafts. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I've, I've My process, and it's evolved, and also, you know, the more books you write, you know, you get it better the first time, so, you know, when I get to the end of the first draft, it's in pretty good shape, because Jen and me have been working on it, and it goes to my beta readers while I'm then doing um some basic checks. I keep a note as I go along. You know, oh go back and check did I put this in here, did I mention this or add this in here? And I'm doing all those kind of revisions as well as checking for repetitive words and phrases and um, then I stick it into my Kindle and I read it as I would any normal book and make changes and then I get my beta feedback and then the second draft is done and it goes to my editor Kelly. And then when she comes back, I'm doing the final edits, and I proofread at the same time. My proof team are proofing it, and then we get the final version. So yeah, generally three to four now, which is a hell of a lot better than like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. I so can like, imagine. from like idea conception to publication, how long is that process typically?
2: About six weeks. Um. Not. Oh, actually, probably not six weeks. I can have an idea like from two years so for example my <laughs> right. all imagery, <laughs> right
0: right right um yeah, I had that of course.
2: two years ago but I only actually got around to writing the book now and just squeezing it in but if we if we leave out the idea concept and we say well right when I sit around to write until it's released is usually about six weeks depends That's crazy in like yeah. the best way
1: so when you do, like, write, a, a bunch of stuff has been, like, multiple point of view. Do you ever find it challenging to write from multiple point of views in a book? And, like, is there, like, certain characters that are just, like, super easy to do that with? Or?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I love it. I love writing from different point of views. Um, I mean, I have a lot of dual point of view novels, um, male and female. And I love r- r- writing from the male point of view. I mean, it is challenging because you want the voices to be distinct. And. Um, you want, and it's one of the questions I would ask my beta readers. You know, is there any confusion in chapters as to um, who's speaking, who's narrating? Um, are the voices distinctive enough? Are the characters distinctive enough? Are the characters true to what you know of them if they're in a series? And, you know, like with the Saint, I only introduced the male point of views from from Rebellion, on so, um, and they only have a, a couple of chapters. Most of it's narrated by Harlow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I just written Sawyer, which had three points of view in it. Um, yeah so but you know something like say Sawyer that was just so easy for me to write because this is my sixth book in that world and these characters like they're just so real to me it you know I just sit down and write it just you know it's harder to write the first book you know because you're only getting to know the characters but the further you are in the series for me anyway the easier it becomes to do that
1: I devoured Mm -hmm. Sawyer within like I think a day and a half or something crazy like that because I had been waiting (laughs) for that one to come out I read Jackson (laughs) I was like I am so I pre-ordered it I was waiting and waiting and waiting and the day it came in I thought I was going to stay up late to, like, get it at, like, midnight my time. Yeah. And I did not. And I woke up and I'm like, oh, I missed it. I got to go back. Because it came out, I think, on, did you have it come out on the 30th of June? Was that correct?
2: That's correct, yeah.
1: Okay, so that was my birthday. So I was like, I got to stay up. And I didn't.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> I was forgive you. <laughs> yes.
1: It was It was so good, though. I loved it. I did, that's true. Like, you can really tell, like, especially with those, um, Later books, like how deep you are into that series, like it's very, very clear. Like you know those characters backwards and forwards. Like I feel like I know those characters backwards and forwards now. So that's amazing to hear that.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was, um, it was really you now a pleasure to write. It literally, you know, it literally just wrote itself. Um, awesome. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I
0: can imagine that. Like when you're first writing a book, you're learning the characters just as well as the readers are if not more so, because you have to actually create them. So I can imagine that's gotta be like a little bit of a struggle compared to like book six way down the line. (laughs) Where it's like they exist, (laughs) they're real people at this point, like. (laughs) Yeah,
2: like my candy boys. so I wrote like 10 full-length novels and two novellas in that world, and that's the same. It's like, I was actually like crying when I finished it because they feel like my family. I've spent four years writing about them. And, and, you know, I remember when I was, like, initially that was only supposed to be a trilogy, but the series did way better. So it's just supposed to be about Kyler and Faye, and the series did super well. It was actually the first time that I had a series that was really popular, um, and that sold really, really well. And everybody was like, please, please, can we get the other brother's book? So... (laughs) i'd always I had, had an idea of each brother's story but then to actually sit down and have to do them and i have to make each brother's story different and to have their character different that was challenging um yeah um but i hopefully i pulled it off
1: no i think you did i think you did um <laughs> So real like a just a question about I guess like YA versus NA. Like Madison and I have been we started off this podcast doing a ton of young adult cuz that's where we like thrived.
0: Um yeah, that's cuz that's like where like our roots were we're in like YA.
2: And then yeah. so I'm so reminded we, of yeah. Friday.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then we've completely it's like we're just sitting here and there are days when I'm like, "Oh my gosh, there's no part of me wants to read this high fantasy book. I just want to read romance books. I exclusively want to use my Kindle Unlimited." Like it's just there are just so many days where I'm just like, "Just give me like NA or like romance or like ugh, oh, it's just that's all I think about these days."
1: So, what do you consider to be one of like your main decision makers when making a book like young adult or new adult fiction? Because I mean, some of them could kind of like be almost in both in some cases because like the age ranges could be a little bit young adult but like maybe the themes would be considered new adult so how do you make like a judgment call on where they're going to be like placed in the world of the book community
2: yeah for me really um, and and this is a, a gray area for a lot of authors and readers you know I mean I know some some people will categorize it by the age I personally don't think that's correct Um, Because, you know, my sainthood now, that's in none of the teen and young adult categories, even though they're all, like, 18. Right. Um, And they were in high school when it starts. So, um, you know, you could probably say, yeah, I could have put it in young adult. But for me, because of the content and the context and the world and where they're at in their lives and what actually happens to them as characters. I just felt that was more of a new adult, um, you know, because they're finding their place in the world. They're not still, you know, struggling to identify who they are. They get to the end. They know who they are. They're together. They're cohesive. They're a unit. They're after achieving all of the things that they set out to achieve. So that's, I, I basically have to sit down and think about that. Before yeah. I decide whether it's going to go into YA or NA. And you know what? Some people will agree with me and some won't. Like I said, there's no hard and fast rule. Um, the Candy the Boys starts off as kind of YA, NA crossover. I think I even have that on the page. So it's to kind of say, right, it starts off bit YA, but it definitely becomes new adult the further you get into the series. And it's a lot steamier then as well, which would be another gauge for me, you know. Yes. Um, that's not to say that you can't have steamy scenes in a young adult book. You can, and I believe they still belong there. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of tricky. So I probably haven't really answered that properly. But, no, you did.
1: That's so, honestly, that's yeah. like a lot of our <laughs> same feelings. Like we've always kind of been like, the content of this book yeah. says YA, a- but this is new adult. Absolutely.
0: Like yeah. like, yeah, there's plenty of books where I, I feel as though yeah, I, I, most of all, I mean, because we were just talking about this yesterday, talking about, like, a fantasy series where it's, like, one that was housed in YA for a long time has moved to, like, NA because of the content, not because the characters' ages have changed that much, but just because, yeah. of, like, the content changed, like, it got moved over to, we're talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses, um, but, like, <laughs> yeah. the content, the content changed, and so, like, the whole series got, like, moved to NA, which was just very interesting to me yeah i did i
2: did feel myself personally that's sat better in new adult but you know um, yeah. that's traditionally published and like that you know each publisher makes a decision as to where they feel their book fits right. best right. i know that was some controversy um mm-hmm. i'm reading it myself content wise and you know and the characters are a little bit older than as the series progresses i certainly yeah. felt it's better in new adult i didn't realize they'd moved it but yeah. yeah
0: at least at my bookstore they have i don't know if they, they like have online and any categorizations yeah but they moved but it over i
1: think i think your point too with like harlow as like her your character in sainthood who's the main like voice for the most part harlow is very like in touch with herself there's a lot she, of things that she's not like having to question that would be considered like more Y. A. like there are things that she has to go through but the content and who she is like doesn't really like You know it's more a new adult Because she is like very solid in her person
2: Absolutely and I totally agree Whereas if I compared it with say Vivian From my All of Me duet At the very start I would definitely categorize The first probably half of that book or third of that book as young adult because there's a lot of that uncertainty and angst and drama that you get, you know, with kind of young adult books. But then it kind of matures as she matures and she's making her own decisions and taking control of her life, um, despite the fact that, you know, her heart has been broken and yeah. um but it, it really does force her to kinda of grow up and forge your own path in life and I think those are the kind of decisions that drive whether a book really is young adult or new adult for
1: sure
0: yeah Mm -hmm. do you think that um between na and ya there's that you use like a different voice in any way or like is there time are there days when you're just like you're not feeling like a ya voice coming out of you and you're like "Ah, I just want to do na or anything like that
2: I mean not really it's just the cat, you know, I mean it's whenever I sit down right. So like that, if you if you look at the All of Me duet, that's a really good example. It starts off young adult and you can see that in the, the language and the dialogue and the things that happen and how everything is just this big big deal I mean it is a big deal anyway but you know you tend to overanalyze things when you're younger you know everything is this really you know it's an end of the world situation and then yes. you know as you mature and you grow you learn to um analyze a little bit less and not overthink things and you can see that with vivian's progression throughout that series so i don't consciously sit down and say well yeah do i want to write ya or na it's more that the characters kind of dictate that and the story dictates that but there's definitely a difference for me when i'm writing Mm -hmm.
1: for sure Um, what do you have like a favorite thing that you do when it comes to like leaving a reader speechless,
0: or like a trope, like where even. they're kind of like
1: the betrayal or like yeah. the plot twist, or like if there's anything like you're like yes, I have to include these because I want <laughs> them to be like you gotta be joking me right now. Yeah.
2: yeah so um, yeah, I think most of my readers will say that um, you know I'm known for my kind of unpredictable and shocking um the plot twists and turns and screaming cliffhangers. So, you know, very early on my readers are calling me the Cliffhanger Queen and more recently the Queen of Angst. So yeah, you know, definitely the angst and the um the the terrible cliffhangers that'll have you dangling off a ledge. Um yeah. and then, you know, the unpredictability, I suppose are kinda like my signature things.
1: Yeah, the, oh. uh, the first book, at the end of the first book of the Satanhood series, I was like, "You ha- what the heck just happened? <laughs> I literally was like, I don't, I, I got the, I have like the whole, like I downloaded the Kindle one where it's like all three, oh, yeah. ones, so at least I got to go next. Yeah. But I was like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is not happening right now. I feel like that was uh, one of
0: the ones that you called me about.
1: I have. I have called you multiple times to be like, Madison. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I I am not the
0: kind of person. I don't care about spoilers. They don't bother me. I literally love spoilers. It's this. It's the weirdest thing. But I, so Nicole will just call me and she'll just be like, "Let me tell you what just happened." Like it is like hot gossip about like our new friends or something. It yes.
1: Is, yes. And it's bananas. and it's worse when like. It worse, it's worse when I get a book where it's you know there's gonna be more in the series and like you sit down and you get to the end and you're like oh oh no oh the next one doesn't come out for three months I don't know what to do next <laughs> yeah. like what do you do now
2: <laughs> yeah um, well I any book where I have a screaming cliffhanger which tends to be just in most of my series I work really hard to get the next book out in two months so generally you know the books come out every two months if yes. there's a cliffhanger. If it's going to be longer than that before I can release. I generally don't have a really bad cliffhanger okay. one at all. Um, but like readers who were reading my Rideville Elite and my Sainted series and my All of Me duet as they were released, like they all wanted to kill me. Um, they were all <laughs> into my spoiler group and they were just venting like crazy and going, oh my God.
1: Um, I can only imagine I was stressed. <laughs> and I had all three of both the Rideville Elite and... And the Satanhood, and I was stressed. Like I was, I had anxiety. Like it was not well. Yeah. But it was so yep. good. You I don't
2: have, have to wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lucky that I didn't have to wait. But there's another author that I have to wait for, and it's been, uh, I six weeks and counting, and I'm just dying. I'm like, please, uh, <laughs> September 15th is not fast enough. Yeah. Please, I need it. Please. Um, yeah, so that's a,
0: awesome. We have a lot of friends that we tell to like, oh, you should read this series, and then like we read it a year ago or whatever and they're like oh I have to wait three weeks for the next book and I was like try try months try months yeah. so, like,
1: try a year like I literally yeah. we had um, there's a book that comes out next week that we're covering and um, I got an advanced reader copy of the the second one big cliffhanger at the end of that one and I was like uh <laughs> I am here a month three months before the publication date and I have to wait how long for the third it was yeah. so it's so great I love I'm so glad that you get to do those though because cliffhangers are i think one of like that big driving oh. factor for like bringing people back right like i would i would imagine that that's like a big thing yeah
2: and i mean i don't ever put cliffhangers in just for the sake of them i mean they have to sure, make right. sense for the plot you know absolutely and, and like some readers love them some readers don't that's fair enough but you know i would always say to the readers that are, are like oh my god why do you have cliffhangers i'm like listen you watch tv shows from series to series <laughs> so there's definitely a cliffhanger at the end of those yeah it's, oh, yeah, it's really? just the way to do things. And, you know, I totally respect readers that say, look, um, a lot of my readers will say, Siobhan, I hate cliffhangers. I, I've bought the book, but I'm just not going to read it until they're all out. And, you know, that's brilliant. That's perfect. Yes. You know, if you're yes. buying the book anyways, you come along. That's the best way to support the author. Exactly. And you want to. Yeah. The- you know three or four books so that you can just binge read them all then absolutely great so I know I know um you know a lot of readers are are getting very frustrated with cliffhangers and (laughs) um so um I have a lot of standalones planned for next year (laughs) oh cool yeah I did
1: see you have so many standalones and honestly I would I will have to check out all of them because i Love a good standalone because I know usually by the end I don't get hurt, so that's the good part. Um,
2: well, basically, with my standalones, I bring you through the (laughs) ringer every kind of emotion, but I will make you whole again at the end. So, you know, I have um, Inseparable, Surviving Amber Springs, Only Ever You, and When Forever Changes, and they're all real emotional. Um, kind of angsty books so you you know my readers will say they're some of their favorites but you know I break them apart and then repair them at the end so if you haven't read any of them maybe you might want to check them out
1: we're yeah. gonna have to. Do um, you... so reverse hair. Oh go ahead, man. Oh, go I was ahead. gonna go say,
0: just just my own like personal curiosity. Do you like ever when you see people like freaking out about a cliffhanger, and of course you know what's gonna happen next you wrote the next book, are you ever just sitting there going like oh they've got no idea what's coming? Like, does
2: it give you like a kind of sort of glee <laughs> to see them like yeah. freaking out about a cliffhanger? But yeah, 100%. There's nothing greater than to see people going up for something. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I know what's coming. And I know that there's probably going to be another really horrible one in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. So, yeah. We're, terrible, we're terribly wicked people, as authors. We just sit there cladding oh, yeah. ways <laughs> to <see> you all.
0: <laughs> I'll I never forget in it. a writing the class. Time. they My teacher told me you can never hurt your characters enough. And I've never forgotten that. Never.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Do you know what? It's, It's what I find cliffhangers when I'm reading books. I tend to remember books that have cliffhangers more than books that don't. Yeah. Yes. So if you have that, if it, you have that build up to the very end and there's some big shock and it throws you off the ledge and you're sitting there with your mouth open going, oh my God, what just happened? You're not going to forget that book in a hurry. Whereas, oh, you know, no. I, can read, I read a lot of books and honestly, I mean, they're good and I enjoy them and I forget them the following week. The ones that yeah. are memorable for me tend to be ones with big cliffhangers or big unpredictable plot oh, yeah. twists and that's, that's what I want for my readers you know I don't want them forgetting my book as soon as they've read it I want them to be thinking about it like, the All of Me duet, I had people in. I had to set up a special spoiler group for it. I have a main room, but I had to set up a special one. Because, literally, there were so many posts every day. And everybody was trying to guess what was going to happen. And because I'd really left it in, like, there were a ton of shocks. It was like, boom, boom, boom at the end. And everybody was like, oh, my God, you did not see that coming. And trying to second guess it. And, the, you know, I I, I released the next book a month later. So you only have, they only had to wait a month. But for that whole month, everyone was literally on a countdown and they were in every day saying oh my god i can't read another book i can't get this book out of my head and that is just the most amazing thing to hear as an author that is what you want yeah. that you know people are so invested in the characters that they're talking about them as if they're real they're trying to work out where the story yeah. is going they can't move on they can't think of anything else they're talking about the characters in the books to all their friends and that's just gold if you're an author absolutely yeah
1: so I have a reverse harem question because I've been trying to get Madison on the reverse harem train and um you she okay she's so, not there yet well, <laughs> well,
0: okay so I think here's why I think why <laughs> I'm <laughs> I've never dated anybody so I think the idea of having like three boyfriends is very overwhelming <laughs>
1: Hashtag why choose Madison? Hashtag why choose? Absolutely.
2: Listen in. Re-
1: in reality, would I want
2: three or four? God, no. Yeah, no. absolutely no. <laughs> you can but in a book, book But um, yeah. the fun because. You know, it's not reality and i mean i know it is for some people right. i don't want to you know, so yeah um diss anyone that's in a polyamorous relationship and right. i know there are a lot of um people um from the reverse harem groups on facebook who are mm-hmm. um but i think for a lot of readers that would be completely monogamous it's just a fantasy you know it's just you're, you're getting this these you know three or four perfect guys really yeah. you know and they all have their different issues and stuff, but it all works out perfectly, and they, they make the female the center of their world. I mean, who wouldn't want that? So. Which
0: is, is my goal, so <laughs> I really should hop on the train, really because should. I mean, want should. nothing more than to be the center of a bunch of men's <laughs> worlds. So. They're
1: all attractive too. Like that's the thing. They're all hot. They're absolutely. always hot. Like yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. They have. To, okay.
2: They have to be. You know, no one wants yeah. to read about unattractive heroes <laughs> Um. True. True. You know, you don't. That's why. Yes. That, that's why you know yeah. it's fiction. And
1: that's oh, true. absolutely.
2: But so you should definitely check out reverse hair. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> <No, you're fine. laughs>
1: so my question is do you find it easier or harder to write a reverse harem where you have polyamory going on or then standard monogamous relationships and like do you prefer to write one over the other now
2: um so uh, i'll answer your last question first um i i love writing both um i've also written some um uh, mm romance so which i really loved too and i think i might write some more so um, yeah so um, I don't mind um, but it, to answer your first question it is definitely more challenging to write a reverse harem because think about it you're basically writing three or four romances in one yeah. um, which is a lot harder to do yeah. than just having a male and a female um, you know and the, the relationships for me I mean everybody's their own way of writing reverse harem but for me I want each relationship to be different each guy to bring something different that in a way supports the, the, um, the female. and um, They will develop at different paces. So um, sometimes I can see people commenting on reviews of say the first book in the same touch that they feel X character didn't get as much attention or whatever. And I kind of, you know, I'm here at the screen going, please have patience, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we have three books to develop these relationships and it's on purpose. I I, I yep. don't want them all to have equal time because that's too, that's too structured. That's too right. controlled. You want it right. to develop organically, and like it would in real life. I imagine that you know you might bond quicker with some partners than you would with others, or some relationship for whatever reason. You know, like with Theo and Harlow, there was a background there. There was yes. you know an obstacle that they had to overcome. Then you know there's a big obstacle with Galen. You know, Ains has all these anger issues and, you know, Kaz is just this, he was just the easiest one for her to um, get along with. But he doesn't become more uh, central until the second and the third book. So it's just, you know, um, so all of that takes a lot of kind of planning and, you know, making sure you're properly nurturing the relationship so that by the end of the series, the readers feel like, all the relationships have been given enough time and that they're all a cohesive unit by then.
1: For sure. And I definitely, I have to say, I normally, when I do reverse harems, I will like wait until the second book before I like pick my favorite guy because like I can't, but I knew right from the first book, it was going to be Galen. Like I just (laughs) knew it was going to be him and it stuck through, even through everything. I was like, I know that you were my favorite for sure, and it happened to be that that ended up being the case. So, very glad that that you wrote a reverse harem like that, though, because um, I've been just trying so hard to get Madison to read reverse harems, and I'm I am like, like, gotta try they're, it
0: definitely on my list like they are they're coming especially like i'm about to spend 10 days house sitting so i'm gonna be just like chilling with some dogs reading the whole time and i am definitely expecting myself to delve into the reverse harem world um plus any <laughs> any guy named kaz it's my weakness
1: no you're gonna love kaz like literally like, like any guy named consistently kaz, really. but, like, yes. in any
0: book like it, I, there's like two. There's like two sections. There's the Cases, Cass, Cassians, Caspians, anything like that. And then there's like tall men with shoulder length brown hair. Like <laughs> the two. <laughs> the two realms I of my life. Many times those, yeah. it, those like intersect. So my favorite.
2: Well, I have, the, I have a tall guy with dirty blonde hair and I PO. So oh. you know, suffice. If, if they're
0: tall, I'm in. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah.
2: They're, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah
1: okay
0: yeah i can't so, exactly um, imagine a like no offense to the short men of the world but i can't exactly imagine like a 5-2 guy coming in and just like dominating the scene in <laughs> books. i'm Sorry. not gonna lie <laughs> like,
1: uh, anyway okay. so um are there like any books or series that you've like created where you had like a really hard time writing them or maybe it just like the voice of them wasn't going the right way or like you've had to like scrap the project and start over that kind of thing
2: yeah um recently that's happened to me for the first time in my olympia series which is reverse Hair and paranormal um yes. <laughs> i feel so bad my readers have been have been waiting patiently for nearly two years now for the final book and i have tried wow. to write it twice and just not happy at all with what i've written i know the way the story is supposed to go it's all in my head but it's when i sit down and i take it out and i'm just not happy so i've had to put it aside i am hoping to pick it up again soon and to still release it by the end of the year but that had never happened to me before and that was very upsetting because i hate letting my readers down especially when they have been waiting so patiently And, you know, I love these characters and I love the world and I don't want to end it in any way that would do them a disservice. So I made the difficult decision um, in February to talk to my readers and say, look, this is what's going on with me. This is why it's not coming. Please, I hope you understand. And they were, they were all fantastic and kind of said, look, we'd rather wait to get the book that you'd prefer to give us. But like I said, I've been doing this seven years and that's the first time it's happened. Like normally it, that does not happen for me. And I really, a big part of it was the characters from my All of Me duet like have been screaming in my ear for the last kind of six months. <laughs> I kept, I put that book off in 2019 for the Rideville Elite series and then I put, right. put, put it off again last year for the Sainted series and I just needed to write it. I couldn't not write it. And I think that kind of overshadowed the Alinthia characters so i'm hoping yeah. now that i've kind of cleared the decks that when i sit down to write it'll come through a lot easier
1: sure um, for sure um so i just have a question about like your reviews and stuff that you've seen because you said earlier that's how you got a lot of your beta readers so <clears throat> do you read your reviews often or do you like avoid them because i know there's some authors that are like i have to avoid them i will get so much anxiety when people are like reading like reading bad reviews will make them feel like crap and stuff like that so do you have like a process or do you read them all or how does that work
2: yeah so um i do i read my five-star reviews i don't look at any others to be honest um and because when i started off i would have read every review and obsessed over them like a lot of newer authors do and it really can derail you if you you know fair enough i don't expect everyone to like every one of my books you don't like it that's totally fine but some people are just extremely horrible inner one star review um and you know can slate the author rather than just talking about the experience of reading the book and um that can be very upsetting um for an author so i just chose to choose to not look at them um and i look at the five star reviews certainly in the early stages when arcs have been issued because i'm also looking for quotes to use on the Amazon product page and also I want to get a sense of how the first readers are responding to the book Um, and I will generally over the course of the first week have a look. I like to like them all on Goodreads for the readers and I know some of my readers get a real kick out of that but I tend to kind of forget about it then because I'm too busy. I'm off writing the next book or I'm and I'm sure. planning the next release. So I don't have too much time to look at them, but I don't purposely avoid them or anything. That's just the, I purposely avoid the one stars. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we I, so. I, we totally get that. Cause I would yeah. imagine that that's the same way with us too. Like we haven't had yeah. ed- anything published, but um, for sure, I know I would not, if, it were, if I had published something, I would definitely not look at the one yeah. stars cause I don't so, think I could handle it.
0: Yeah, I guess bouncing off of that, besides like the not reading your like negative reviews, what is something that you would tell like younger authors to like either advice or like inspiration or like anything that you would say to them? Like, what would it be or yourself as a younger author?
2: Um, I think I would letter. yeah, I think if I could go back to myself, I would, um, I would encourage myself to not give up on my dreams because for a a period of about 15 years, I just completely gave up on the idea of being a writer. It just didn't seem to be viable. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think I would go back and say, yeah, don't give up on your dreams. Uh, I don't regret the way my career um, has progressed or that I started later in life. I personally feel that all the life experience that I've had to date and all the different things I've done and places I've been and people I've met have helped me be a better author. I'm not sure I would have been able to deliver the kind of books I deliver when I was younger. Not having the same kind of emotional maturity that I would have now. Um, For other authors, um, newer authors, I would just say, you know, there are lots of ways to write books. Everyone finds their own process. And try not to get too hung up on what others are doing. You need to just, you know, find what works for you and the same goes for publishing there are very different ways that you can bring your books to market what works for one person may not work for you um I'm constantly testing things exploring always trying new things and I think that's really really important and I'll continue to do it and I I think that that's the best thing a newer author can do is to just not feel like they have to do it a certain way just because they know somebody else did that
1: Right. So that kind of ties into like the self-publishing sort of indie publishing versus like a traditional publisher route. Then like it's kind of one of those things where you as the author should be going out and kind of figuring out what's going to make the most sense for you in your story. Is that kind of what you're alluding to?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, Because, you know, if you if you're going out there as an indie author in the market nowadays, and you want to be successful, it's not just about your ability to write a decent book or a book that will appeal to a mass market. You also need to have a ton of other skills um, that you can market and promote your books um, in a way that will lead you to be successful. It is not easy, and I I'm probably fortunate because. My background, I I worked for um, an indigenous IT company and they were very, very commercially driven and very sales focused. And um, even though I was head of human resources and head of commercial contracts, I was still very involved in the business. So I had a lot of skills that I was able to apply to the publishing world. I mean, I was completely ignorant of the publishing world and I made so many mistakes at the start, but I was able to adapt and I had the skills to be able to do that and to learn and grow. Um, but I certainly see other authors come along and they're way more savvy than I was and they seem to kind of hit it out of the park straight away. And they've obviously done their homework and their research. And um, so it's very possible to come along nowadays in a competitive market and be successful, especially if they like, um, the. You two ladies, you're, you know, involved in the book community and you know the way things work. So if you were to go and, you know, want to publish yourself, publish yourself, you know, you already have a leg up over somebody else. Um, That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, um, but but you you do. I didn't have that kind of knowledge coming into it. Um, A lot of the books that I was reading um, at that time were kind of Irish authors or UK authors and I used to read a lot of crime. You said you, you mentioned that, Madison, earlier. <laughs>
0: yes. So like, I
2: was, um, Patricia Cornwell, Tess Garrison, um, Kathy Rikes, um, Michael Connolly. Um, I used to read all those kind of books. I think that's why I, yeah. I have kind of suspenseful threads through all my books now because... I spent yes. reading all of those and, and loving them um, But yeah. I had have, have to come and immerse myself first really in the young adult world And then in the romance world um, For sure. Because I hadn't really been reading that first And I think it's important I I know a lot of authors say they don't read, personally speaking I don't know how you can be an author and not read that,
1: I, We feel the same that, way I, that's, I all, that's how I learned how to write Like by yeah. reading other people's right. work that, yeah like
0: I can't even imagine like yeah. not
2: like what I know okay. some authors have, have said that they they get too hung up on other authors' words and they they you know they feel you know inferior and they can't write sure. if they re- and I can I can understand that I can relate to it and that must be yeah. frustrating but me personally I I you know I couldn't not read um yeah. I, I could not involve, and you do, like you were just saying, Nicole, you, you pick up so much um, from just yeah. subliminally from reading other books, you know, and yeah. I yeah. forget good ideas from other books, you know, it oh, uh, absolutely. sets the creative oh, yeah. ideas flowing.
1: Yeah, and just, Absolutely. like, I know, like, one thing that I always learned from, like, writing, because I took, um, in college, I did a whole certificate on creative writing. Like, I have, like, several classes I went to wow. on, like, Brilliant. poetry and fiction and all that great stuff, and one of the things that they were always telling us is, like, the way that you will learn how to write, like, good description is from other people's stuff, because, like, you may not think of how to describe somebody with red hair differently than other than, like, fiery, and somebody else may have described it as, like, completely different. You're like, I <gasps> open. Opening. that's incredible yeah. like I would have never thought to do that and it's just one of that I, I agree yeah
2: <laughs> totally. yeah I agree too
0: <laughs> it's very so, interesting because well, oh, because I, mean, I was going to say because I was going to say for me I have a screenwriting background not like a novel oh. writing background so like there are some things that Nicole and I are working on together as we've decided to tie our bookish careers to each other <laughs> together um, clearly through this yes. podcast <laughs> yeah. um, exciting but, but it's just yeah, it's very interesting to see, like, for her, she's so, you're so good at writing, like, in my opinion, from what I've read of your stuff, of writing, like, descriptors and, like, setting a scene. And for me, I'm like, ah, yes, dialogue. <laughs> because we're not, like, <laughs> well, in yeah. screenwriting. But I need that. In screenwriting, we're not, totally like, ruined. allowed to write, like, descriptors or anything. Yeah. Like, it's got to be very base and, like, very, yeah. like, peeled away. It's just, it's very, it's very interesting to, like, and I feel for me, moving into that like other side of the writing world, that reading so much absolutely has like made it so I have that like those skills coming in and like growing and evolving from something that maybe would not have been so conducive to um, traditional like novel formatting.
2: Absolutely, and I think you can both only learn from each other and that will only add to what you're writing together, you know, cause you're both looking at, they're very different skills. Um, but you're both looking at it from different angles, so that can only enhance the work. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, TikTok obviously was part of the reason why we got to like be introduced to you in general. Um so what do you think about like the TikTok platform and how do you possibly see it like helping authors that are aspiring or even current authors like yourself like is it helping you guys get like the word out about your books more and you know things like that
2: well i'm kind of late to the tiktok platform (laughs) um i I only set up an account a few weeks ago and we haven't done anything with it yet yeah (laughs) no yeah we um we do have plans i I, you know we're doing some cool stuff video stuff behind the scenes all related to my books and my characters and stuff um Mm -hmm. so we there will be a lot more content on my platform going forward but there's no denying it's been very successful for certain authors um you know who, who've enjoyed and um, enhanced sales because a lot of readers are talking on TikTok about their books um yeah. you know it it to be honest it's the same anytime there's a new platform um that becomes yeah. big you know it's 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 an, another new medium for authors to get the news to readers about their books so um I don't think it's going away anytime soon but certainly I think it's kind of peaking at the moment for certain authors um um but for you know I think yeah you, you have to I, I resisted for a long time I'm kind of video allergic um, oh, <laughs> and um
0: some but days me too
2: <laughs> yeah I'm actually I'm a photo allergic too I'm just like I hate getting yeah. my photo taken um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I go to book signings and, you know, I might be in like 100 or 200 photos and often I think, God, those readers probably go home and look at their photos and my eyes are shut because I blink real excessively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so um, and my, it's a running joke in my family. Um, <laughs> that, you know, oh, oh, hang on, we need to take that picture again. Siobhan's eyes were closed. <laughs>
0: That's
2: <laughs> so, so yeah. sweet. Yeah. We are... Uh, I'm kind of like god I hate getting photos done but then you know it go to signings and it's just amazing to meet everybody and I can't not get in photos but I do kind of talk to myself afterwards thinking most of those photos probably have my eyes shut.
0: Oh, there's yeah. definitely a reason we are doing a podcast and not a YouTube channel. <laughs>
1: Just stop. Yeah. We, so Madison and I also have, like, we did a lot when we went to college. Um, our degree was in broadcasting and cinematic arts. So, like, wow. when we did our yeah, we both facets, So, we, we, we met,
0: like, through our degree, but also we were in a sorority together. We um, were in a sorority <laughs> together, yeah.
1: but... We we wow. both are like, yeah, we understand being in front of the camera, but we prefer to just have our voices. Yeah, okay. like the better version. <laughs> yeah. Right,
0: and like even further more than that, you were a dancer in high school and I was an actor, was. and so we were both yeah. like in front of people and have just slowly like receded to like behind
1: like, the please curtain. Please don't look at me, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when we did this TikTok, um so many people had screenshotted the books so they could like, you know, go on Kindle and find them and I had like a huge anxiety afterwards like I am on so many people's phones now like (laughs) that is so terrifying like I am not what I don't do that like I'm like one of those people that uh, growing up I've been like just middle middle of the playing field people know me people aren't like you know whatever but that was genuinely like fear genuine fear people having me on their phone it was a very big scare but I'm okay now
0: I think that was truly the moment that we like were like ah yes you were a dancer I was a theater kid who also hosted the morning news on a tv screen and tried to run like three youtube channels in high school so it was very clear (laughs) where that (laughs) difference in our backgrounds came because I was like, it's fine. I'm just sipping my iced coffee, just being like, you're fine. It's okay. <laughs> so, anyway. Of course, it wasn't so, my face that was being viewed by 700,000 people. So
2: okay. no, um, so, no are,
1: are there any authors that you like look up to or that maybe you lean on when you're in your writing process? Maybe they're part of your like team or anything like that.
2: So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of authors that I look up to. Um, my favourite author, and she's also a lovely lady, is um, Jennifer L. Armentrout.
1: Yes! I'm a massive
2: fan of her books. I've read every single thing that she has written. And I got to sign at a Polycon back in 2019, but, you know, before COVID. And I got yeah, to meet yeah, yeah. her, and she's wonderful. And she's a big inspiration to me, Um i i love her career i love her new vampire series it's amazing oh, um, oh,
0: oh we have <laughs> read those
2: <laughs> so, my time. peer company is um is also working with her publisher so i've been getting author arcs in advance of releases which is just like hey. yes because <laughs> at one point i was actually on her arc team but i you know when when my own um when my own career took off, I had to pull back because it was a bit of a conflict. It was just too difficult for yeah. me to be able to, to promote the way that uh, she needed me to. But um, yeah. it's great. Now. So now I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to get arcs. And I would always buy the books anyway. But I'm like, yeah. I, right. I went oh, to having arcs. And now I'm like, this is so great. now. this is just amazing because I just can't oh, yeah. wait to get the book.
1: <laughs> yes, we are dying for the War of Two Queens. Oh, like, my God. Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: I already have, like... So we both have them on on our Kindles. We like have bought them on Kindles. Yeah. We own them in like paperbacks. I have paperbacks, them on Audible. But then we're yeah. both we have, getting like special pageback. edition boxes from like the different places that are doing like the special covers and whatnot. We were like, oh, you know, hundred fifty dollars. I don't care. Like anything yeah. yeah covers.
2: And also, oh, yeah.
1: castile is just probably like every time I go back into I'm her. I'm sorry. Books, especially these ones. Long castile hair is amazing. Tall.
0: He's got, yeah. my, he's got my trifecta. <laughs> Tall, long, dark hair, and his name is Cass. He's perfect. He's, he's Perfect. My so yeah. favorite series
2: of, series of um, Jen's is uh, her Covenant series, which oh, now yes, isn't as popular, so but is. that is my favorite. I just love Aiden. And he has his birthday the same day as me, so you know.
1: Oh, yay! That was <laughs> fun! <laughs> yeah. I love um, having character birthdays. Like, my. My character birthday in, like, the world is um, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon and I share a birthday. Mine,
0: my character birthday, which I just found this out this year, so Nicole and I are both, like, she's end of June, I'm middle of July. Mine is Annabeth Chase from the Percy Jackson series.
2: She and I have the same
0: birthday. And I was like, as somebody who considers myself a daughter of Athena, I've got her on my necklace. Like, that was just the best news I've ever heard. (laughs) my favorite i will say with jennifer i mean i don't know if you have ever thought about this at all but i just read uh wicked and i know that's being turned into a movie if you could have like any of your books turned into a movie which one would you want i mean of course all i'm sure but like (laughs) Uh,
2: um god that is a really tough question because you know my readers would say uh, the all of me duet should be in should be on TV. Um, personally, I think my Kennedy boys would make a fantastic TV show because it's I real dramatic.
0: Almost, like Massachusetts.
2: Yeah, and they all, like a lot of the chapters, end on cliffhangers and yeah. there's all this drama and there's so much content in there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, hard. it's really hard to pick a single one. I mean, it'd be, I'd be thrilled if I got the opportunity to bring any of them. To the smaller yes. big screen to be honest. And uh, it's one of my goals and hopefully something I'll be able to realize yeah. in the future.
1: <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. I definitely I mean, think honestly, I would love to see it.
0: Yeah, I definitely think like romance, TV, movies, like that sort of stuff is like very hot right now. It is super oh, it's it is. So hot. And I'm like and I'm like, let's let's keep it up, people. I am like more than pleased to have this. Well, it time. gives you an
1: opportunity to, to reach even more people. Like there's so many people that have watched TV shows or movies that they've never read the book on But then they're like oh my god that was a book Let me go read that yeah. real quick
2: Oh yeah sure look what happened with the Bridgerton series All those books oh, at, at yeah. Christmas time Top 100 again because oh, people were god. discovering them for the first time And um, I just went and bought uh, Shadow and Bone But yes. me, Hugo, because I'm watching the series on Netflix And I went and I bought 44 chapters Because I watched Sex Life so yeah. you know, all they're all like actually I have that book on my Kindle for about two years. It's disgraceful that I haven't got around <laughs> to reading, I it. And I was like, Oh my god, I own that. Um but now I really, really want to read it after watching it. So absolutely it's a fantastic way for getting more exposure to books oh, yeah. and stuff. Even,
1: sure.
0: even like the Witcher series to like go completely oh, off yeah. the end of the spectrum, like I had, like, thought, like, oh, maybe I'll play the game. But now I'm, like, every time I go to the store, I'm, like, okay, I need to get these books at some point because I need to read them because the series is so good. And the books have, can only be equally as good, if not better, you know, kind of like Game of Thrones. But, yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely think it's, it's amazing.
2: It is. Like, now I'm kind of, like, we watch something on Netflix. I'm, like, ooh, I wonder, are they books? It's kind of the yeah, automatic yeah. process. It's, like, okay, they might be books. Let's go and look.
1: And so many more. Yeah.
2: It's great oh, yeah like yeah.
1: firefly lane i don't know if you guys got firefly lane over on for your guys yeah Netflix, but like we had that one that was a book my mom loved
2: What's up, I am like
1: that is um Kristen hannah i think
2: ah uh, right oh yes I you, are right. you are right I yeah. yeah yeah but i know I just, I, like, i've seen it so but i haven't watched it
1: that's okay i didn't it's watch it my mom did though um, but yeah, the Bridgerton one for sure. Like I, I finished the first season of the Bridgerton in, in one day and was <laughs> like, um, I gotta go get the second. I need to know what happens next. So I went and oh, got the I second book and was it. obsessed and oh. I'm like, I need season two, write the second, please. Yeah. Oh, the, cast, so the casting so far.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Words. Yeah. No. Yeah. no it's it good. would be Such so good. great to see your book on, on a TV. Oh, I would. I would love it. Maybe someday, hopefully.
1: Maybe someday. Yeah, we'll like um, man. We'll okay. like, you know, manifest it. Manifest bring it. Into it. The world.
2: <laughs> yes, big time. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs>
1: um, so what? Out uh, like, so you read a lot, obviously, when you're not writing. Do you have like a favorite genre that you typically will read when you're not, you know, busy doing your writing and such?
2: Not really. I mean, I flip around a lot, you know. Um. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I love dark romance, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. But I also love the emotional, angsty romances. Um. Then I'll also read fantasy. So I read Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass recently. Oh my god! I can't wait for the next book. Oh, us what?
0: too! You, you. <laughs> yeah. Like I literally have a framed poster of Hunt and Bryce on my wall over there. Like yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. my Yeah, I love her work
2: now as well. She's fantastic. So sometimes I go to days where I'm like, I've been reading loads of kind of contemporary or maybe I've been reading loads of dark or loads of bully and I'm like, okay, I need like a palate cleanser now. I'll go and I'll read some fantasy. Um, and I mean I jump all over Jennifer's books The minute I, they land on my Kindle It's like right drop everything now I'm just reading My, I, You know I, I, I get readers saying they stay up till midnight To wait for my books um, yeah. To read them And I get a real kick out of that Because I do that with my favourite authors I'll just say you to my husband to no, I'm not sleeping tonight I'm just staying up now for this book um, so, <laughs> a real kick I out think we out did, did, that. did it. Mm. Yeah.
1: We did that with Um Uh a crown of gilded bones. I think we stayed up till yes. midnight for it to come out. Yes, yeah. we, were, we were like, we need to know what. Happened. I we did it with she that was cliffhangers too.
0: Yes, big cliffhangers, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: It's probably where I got it from. You can blame Jennifer for my cliffhangers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. No. That's that's. I've definitely stayed up for a number of books. Late. And then, and then I'm For like, sure. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to read the first chapter. And then suddenly it's 4 a.m. Yeah. And I, okay. I, and I have yeah. to work in two hours. I used to be a barista. So I would wake up at like 4.30 a.m. to go and like get to a coffee shop to like make people That's coffee early, early in the morning. Oh, it nice. was the worst. It was the worst ever. As a <laughs> night person, <laughs> it was the worst.
2: Yeah. yeah. no. Yeah but
0: there were some nights oh it's so shameful I I would like pull all nighters just to read books
2: well I've done that too oh yeah (laughs) and then like and
0: then like get up and go like work at the coffee shop and be like what can I get you like a zombie
2: yeah the last um, time I did that, I was reading um, an arc of "Make You Beg" by my friend Chantelle Tessier. Don't know if you read it. Okay. But it's, um, I haven't. It's if you like dark romance. Oh my god, you have to read it. So yeah, I was, I was. I'll
0: write it down. I'll
2: write it down. <laughs> I write it down. "Make You Beg," Chantal Tessier. I was reading it, and I'm my assist. We share an assistant, and I was oh. I was messaging her because I couldn't get a hold of Chantal, and I'm like, oh my god, you know this, that, and this, the other happened, and um, so I put it down at like five a.m. because I literally couldn't keep my eyes open but then I spent an hour and a half and I couldn't go sleep because it was in my head I kept trying to work out what was going on so in the end I gave up trying to sleep and I got back up at half six and I finished the book so at nine o'clock in the morning I'm messaging Chantelle saying I hate you because <laughs> now you work done today because I stayed up all night reading your book but, um, it's, it's brilliant it's really good and she also has Another series called the Dare series, which okay. is um, if you liked Rideville Elite, you'd love it. Um, okay, really. good. I
1: loved it, so yeah. let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my TBR is so long; it's just a
2: monster. Oh, oh, so oh, tell me about it. Like I have thousands of books on my Kindle that have been there that yeah. I haven't read. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. My physical books. shelves. Oh yeah. Can't so, even I like, I have to stop, I have um, I have a collection for Jennifer. Um, I have like my Twilight books. Um, I have yeah, some of Chantel's books awesome. and Kelsey's books. And, but that's it. I had to just stop buying them because I literally do not have room. Yeah, um, I, can't I, can't be I can barely either. store all my own books <laughs> as it is. Yeah, right? <laughs> So
1: I have a question about like how you guys get books and such like do you guys get like a certain number of books that will come to you that you have you can do whatever you want with or is there like a process when you guys are like yeah these are my author copies like these are the this is the number I get every time I publish something
2: so when you're self published you can order as many author copies as you want. Um so I tend to, you know, I send some to my assistant in Kentucky and some to my assistant in Arizona because they do different. They manage different mailings for me. And then I get some coming here. But with my foreign publishers, because they're, you know, traditionally published uh, in the countries they're published in, um, they would just literally send me like three. So, okay. you just, so, you know, I generally give one to my mom. I keep one, and I might do a giveaway yep. of one. <laughs> but yeah, so you're <laughs> limited with well, what you can do. If I wanted to go down and buy more, I could. I could go to the publisher through my agent and say, look, you know, I'd like to buy them, and they will give them to me at cost price. But mm-hmm. um, they have all kinds of rules. They do certain print runs. So it all depends on whether they actually have stock there or not. Um so my Candy Boy series is really popular in Russia and oh, they oh. sell all the print runs. So yeah, so <laughs> no getting more books there if I want to them until they do another yeah. print run. So that seems to be yeah. the way it works. Russia.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you like have certain your... books okay. that like pop off in other countries, like just randomly out of the blue? Or was like, yeah, well, Russia just like a one off?
2: Yeah, so well like I I've only been um I've only really sold foreign editions the last couple of years, and then COVID things slowed down, but things are picking up again. So at the yeah. moment, um, I've got Kennedy Boys published in Russia. Um, they initially um, published the first three, and now they're publishing the next two books. And then I've sold some books to um, Hungary and Poland. Um, Condemned to Love is actually coming out in a week, I think, in Poland. And wow, then that's um, my writing elite series was published in hebrew for the israel market wow um, so and then, cool. yeah and then my uh, rival elite published in germany as well so at the moment they've just the publisher's fantastic there now they're they're really they really engage with me And um, they've just put some of the books into Kindle Unlimited in Germany. They were wide for the last year or so. And we're hoping that that will bring more readers to the series there. And if so, then they will come back um, and take the rest of the books in that series. So um, my agent is great. She's always out there trying to look for opportunities for me. So I'm hoping now that my books will be brought to a lot of different markets in the coming years.
1: Wonderful. That sounds awesome. Really? So you said you give copies to your mom So do, yeah. does your mom read all the books Or do they, does she just kind of like collect them Or do you have like family members that you are like Please do not read this Like I love you but please do not do that
2: <laughs> Yeah well that's to, to my mom So my mom loves my True Calling and Savant series Which are young adult and you know They're pretty much fade to black um, yeah. <laughs> So um, She hates my steamier stuff And I couldn't even begin <laughs> to read Reverse harem so now she says uh, Can I read this book I'll have a new book coming out. And she'll go, can I read this one? I'll go, no, do not go near that book. Um, <laughs> so my, my sister, Kira, is um, my business manager, and she's read pretty much everything. She's been reading my books for years, and she really loves yeah, them. Yeah. So she's uh, And my sister-in-law, Sinead, she's Sinead Davis, she's been on my beta team from the very start. So she reads all my books, too. Um Amazing. So, but m- most of the rest of my family were very supportive at the start and they'd, uh, you know, they'd want to read them. And my grandmother, I was just down with her recently and I just gave her a few books, but I said, don't read them. Just put them on your shelf. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we have that with our, uh, with listening to the podcast. Cause it is like a, oh, yeah. it's considered like an 18 and up podcast because we do swear. We talk about like explicit content and like some yeah. Yeah. topics and I, I will never forget the day my grandma called me. And she was like, "I listened to some of your podcast," and then I was like, "Grandma, no, 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 no!" And she was just like, "Yeah, we had, that you know, this is too. this is the grandma who's who is an immigrant from Germany, so she's very traditional, <laughs> very, you know, why well, she, she was like, you know, just like she was like, just don't forget that like things are on the internet forever." <laughs>
1: whole <laughs> end of an episode where we talked about like porn habits. So, yeah like, we and like and like started we're like, you know what, leave. If you're a relative, just leave. Yes, do just get stay. out of here. Just go now. Yeah. Go. yeah,
0: because like I feel like we both feel as people who also clearly, you know, support like, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, like smuttier reads because we do think that's healthy and like people should talk about mm-hmm. like women's pleasure and whatnot. We do talk about it a lot on the podcast. And we, we definitely had that moment, especially when the TikTok went viral and we were like, Oh, we are very open.
2: On this yeah. platform we are maybe too mm-hmm. open with people well, honestly <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can be myself and jan my critique partner we've talked about this and we said god we wish that these kind of books were around when we were young yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. because you know whether people want to give whatever name you want to give it in a lot of cases these books are educational for um, younger people absolutely um, I know if I was like 18 or 19 or 20 reading some of the books that I write now, I actually would have loved that, you know? Yeah, Yo, um, time. I kind of feel like, God, I kind of missed out lot, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I go, I don't know if either of you are in the reverse harem groups on Facebook. My God, they're just amazing. They're, they're amazing places because there's so many um, younger women as well as older women who are in these different type of polyamorous relationships and they're very open in discussing their sexuality and their sex life and it's like nothing, you you have to go in there and see it to believe and it's a really lovely environment in there, but they're all just so open and um, I remember having this discussion with my mum because she wanted to know what reverse harem was when I wrote Surviving Amber (laughs) Springs and she was like, my god that's just disgusting You know, know, and I'm like, don't be so you know, narrow-minded. Yeah. There are a lot of people that live their lives like this, and like love is yeah. love. So, yes, yeah. know, absolutely. Love is love, and who is any, anybody to tell you who to love or what right. kind of? For to sure, have. exactly. You know, if it's all yeah. and it's mutual, and um, where is the harm? That's my view, and exactly. that, exactly. anyway. that yeah, is us for too. Sure. We are one hundred
1: percent. We like literally everything <clears> when it comes to like same sex or even just like. Different people like exploring their sexuality and well, terms of like their gender identity, yeah, even like that yeah. is a big thing that we are yeah. like, very supportive or, of here.
0: Or even like something I've found recently, especially with like TikTok and you know the book community and whatnot, is that people are being they're a lot more comfortable, specifically regarding these, you know, with like romance books and you know even darker romance books, they're like feeling more comfortable and like more supported exploring like kinks and whatnot that like they maybe would not feel comfortable to be like open about and like finding healthy ways to explore those things and a lot of that's coming through because of all of these books and like the topics that they're discussing that wouldn't have been you know brought up in literature however many years ago like even the those the the books that just got really popular ice planet barbarians even like (laughs) For for lack of better series to you know compare like that's I yeah. feel like a lot of girls are being like oh this is making me feel things but we're talking about it and that's okay you know yeah
2: I so. think it's very empowering for women um and it's Absolutely. a good thing and you know anyone that wants to you know be negative about it that's fine go off crawl over crawl into your your corner there and um you know yeah. your negativity with you um yeah. I think it's great I mean. <laughs> like i still deal with some prejudice because i write steamy books you know like uh, right. it's kind of like you know my mom will say um oh i bumped into such and such in the in the supermarket and she wanted to know were you still writing those porn those porn books and um i actually take offense to that because while my books are very steamy there is a there's always strong character development and strong plot yeah probably, and that's yeah. not to disrespect any writers that just write pure erotic romance right. that is just sex. Mm-hmm. Um there's a no. mark. For everyone, there's a readership for everyone, and I don't believe anybody should be made to feel guilty for what they write or what they read. Um, yeah. And it just, it, you know, it, it 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 just bugs me when I hear that. And I just said to my mom, "Do you know what? I don't actually want to hear that anymore." Um, and the fact of the matter is, I'm very successful at what I'm doing. So yeah, they, you know, <laughs> and then they kind of laugh or turn their nose up at it. But honestly, yeah. I'm the one at the end of the day because I'm I'm living my dream. Yeah. I'm pursuing my exactly. passion. I'm getting up every day with a smile on my face because I'm doing something that I absolutely love.
0: Oh, oh we exactly. love that. That is well, literally guess... our thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I guess, closing question then, perfect segue. What is your favorite thing about being a writer? Like, just what is your favorite? If you
2: pick um, th- one. Yeah, no, I mean, we started this um, interview by saying getting to live in a fictional world um, is the best thing, and that is probably the number one reason why I love being a writer, that I can just create all these worlds in my head and then just sit down and write them and share them with readers all the way around the world. I mean, it blows my mind. I have a small little home office in my house, and... Um, I get an email from a reader in Brazil or Japan or Mexico or Spain or and I'm just thinking, wow, isn't it amazing? I just sat down and I just wrote this book from my head in my little home office and here's somebody over the other side of the world reading it, loving it, sending me a nice message. It just, it never gets old. Um, the other thing I really love is just being in control of my own destiny. Um, that I'm not answerable after years of working for other companies and employers, that I'm now responsible for myself. If I fuck up, it's on me. There's no one else that's going to come on, you know, come over and beat me over the head because I've made a mistake or I've done something that didn't work. Um, I'm fully responsible for myself. And as a control freak, it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Just, you know, I, I can shape my career i can drive it the way i want to drive it um and there's an enormous sense of satisfaction from from that that's
1: amazing Mm. all right cool thank you so much for joining us everybody who's listening to the show you can actually get all of siobhan's books i think on kindle unlimited and on amazon so you can literally go and buy her books right now and you should because if you're here, you're already invested. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So let's do right, it. Right. Right. They're on Kindle. We'll link. I'm invested. Of, like, you're stuff. invested.
0: We're all invested. It's <laughs> happening?
2: We're here. Much, much um, me. Also, it's wonderful.
1: Yes. Thank yeah. you for oh, coming. Thank
0: on. you. Um, also where else can people find you? Like any social media or website? i you know,
2: I'm, I'm you know, I have a website. It's SiobhanDavis.com. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, platform on facebook and instagram and slowly on tiktok um all the usual places yeah. and if anyone wants to email me it's siobhan at siobhan Davis.com.
1: yep and we'll link amazing. all of that in our podcast description for you guys so you could easily go and get to all of those amazing amazing links for her mm-hmm. um so thank you so much for joining us today this has been such a great time yes, having you on you the show so thank you for being our first author like yes. we're so happy to have you here
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Honoured to be your first author, Anne. It was really lovely to talk to both of you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank, thank you, you so much. So, <laughs> final things. Our bookends for you today. Just as a reminder, wherever you are listening to our show, but specifically your Apple Podcast listeners, please go give us a rating and a review. You don't have to be an Apple Podcast listener, though, to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can actually download that on your phone right now and still give us a rating and a review. Um, If Mm -hmm. you do that, we may give you a little shout-out about your review. It depends on what you say. I mean, if you tell us we're trash, maybe we'll talk about it anyway, because who wouldn't want to? But still, please give us a rating and a review. That's how you get the word out about our show um we
0: also have a patreon that you can go and support us at it's patreon.com forward slash lower your volume uh it's in the information below you can go donate there there are four different tiers that you can donate at or you can choose your own amount but each tier is associated with different prizes and rewards which is very fun very exciting um yeah it's cool shit we are gonna have video content soon
1: we're so excited um Mm -hmm. also give us a follow on social media we have a ton of social media but we primarily use two we use tiktok and instagram like they are our jobs because they are um you can go check us out on tiktok (laughs) and instagram at lower your volume pod you can find us on twitter at lower pod and you can find us on facebook lower volume podcast give us a follow give us a shout out a dm comment whatever you want to do we literally respond all the time
0: We also have an email that you can send us shit to. It's uh, loweryourvolumepodcast at gmail.com. We really don't care what you send us. Well, that's
1: going to do it for today's episode.
0: Oh, please talk wordy to me. And don't
1: forget to go book yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll see you next week.
0: She's saying
1: goodbye.
0: (laughs)
2: Goodbye.